Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trina. Happy to have you with us on this Thursday, June 3rd. And we've got a packed show for you today. We're going to cover three different topics, including best case scenarios. We're going to talk about five best case scenarios for the New York Giants in 2021. We're going to talk about some developing training camp battles that really aren't getting a whole lot of airplay right now, um, but I think are going to be important as we continue through the rest of the spring and into uh, the summer when we get to training camp. And then we'll close out today's program with a little bit of a debate. Most important giant for 2021. And that's going to be an interesting one because you can go in any number of directions in that particular topic. So that's what we're covering on today's show. So we're going to jump right into that in just a moment. But first, don't forget to check out Peacock and Williamson, the Locked On Daily NFL podcast. Uh, those guys are covering all things NFL, major storylines around the league. So if you want to stay on top of what's going on outside of the little Giants realm that we're all in, uh, check out Peacock and Williamson. They do a great job. All right, folks, let's jump right into our first segment here, which is best case scenarios for the New York Giants in 2021. Now, I outlined five that I think are very important for the Giants uh, to reach, because if they reach these five things, if these five things happen, I could see the Giants potentially going and not only making the playoffs, but potentially being more than just a one and done team. So let me get into them. Now, some of these you've heard me say before, but I'm just going to reiterate a couple of these. The first thing is the quicker the Giants can get Saquon Barkley up to physical speed, the better. Now, again, Saquon Barkley is making progress in his rehab from a torn ACL. He is expected to be back for the 2021 season. But as I've been saying all along, Barkley is probably not going to be clear to do everything, at least right out of the gate. So the bottom line is the sooner they can get Barkley up to speed to where he has no limitations whatsoever, the better it's going to be for the Giants. You know, they're going to really need him. Um, I still say last year, Jason Garrett, when he lost Saquon Barkley to the torn ACL, a big chunk of the Giants playbook had to come out and they weren't able to really replace Saquon Barkley's talent. So he, it's just so important for the Giants to get Saquon Barkley back and get him green lighted. That's the, that's the part, you know, we don't talk about as much that we actually need to be talking about. All right. Another thing that I think is the best case scenario that will go, go a long way towards the Giants being a playoff contender, their free agent investments must produce a significant return on those investments. Now, the Giants spent over $125 million in four big money contracts, Kenny Galladay, Adore Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, and Leonard Williams. Anybody who follows this game, you know that it's very rare that an, that a free agent not only sees the end of his contract, but earns every penny. Usually there's a salary cut 
or a guy gets cut early or whatever. They, I mean, it just, it's very rare for guys to see the end of their contracts. And almost always, you also see ser- scenarios where teams overpay for free agents because, you know, they, they're just lacking or they couldn't address the position in the draft or, you know, through trade or through other means. So, Galladay, Jackson, and Rudolph are in particular are interesting because these are guys who are coming off of injuries last year. Kyle Rudolph right now is rehabbing from foot surgery. Kenny Galladay was cleared uh, by the Giants medical staff, but hey, it, isn't it interesting that he has a, a contract clause that will pay him a per game roster bonus for every game he's active in just the first year, mind you, not, e- not even in throughout the contract. So I found that interesting. And Adoree Jackson, of course, he has a, a low first year number. Um, I guess they, they weren't able to work in that per game roster bonus clause, but he's a guy coming back from injury. So they need those three guys in particular to step up and deliver what they were brought in to do. Galladay as the X receiver, Jackson as a as a compliment to James Bradbury at cornerback on the opposite side there, and Rudolph as not only an inline blocker, but a red zone threat. So those three have to step up, as does Leonard Williams. You know, Leonard Williams had a big year last year, career year. Um, he wasn't injured that we know of. And, um, you know, He's got to build on that. So, you know, the last thing the Giants want to see is their money go to waste. They, Lord knows they've wasted enough on free agents throughout the years that haven't paid off. So they can ill afford to have that happen. All right. The third thing on my list, Evan Ingram finally comes of age. Now, over on Giants Country, I did the, um, I've been doing training camp previews of each of the 90 man roster members. And I just, on uh, Wednesday, released the one on Evan Ingram. And I really took my time on that one because I wanted to be fair in my coverage of Evan Ingram. He hasn't been, um, he hasn't delivered what I think a lot of people expected him to. So I wanted to really take a good look and see what was responsible for that. How much was on Ingram? How much of that was on the coaching staff? How much of that was just on circumstance? And I think you'll find that there's a little bit of everything involved there. And I went into detail um, on Giants Country on the article, that, and I also made a video to go along with it. But what I'll say this much is um, Ingram took a, you know, th- the positive thing with Ingram last uh, last year was that he made it through an entire season. But he had the case of the yips and, you know, we saw him drop a, uh, eight balls. So now in his last two seasons, he's dropped a total of 11 balls and he has 25 drops in four seasons, which is just not acceptable, folks. So what was responsible for, for Ingram's yips? And I went over this in, in the article on Giants Country, but I'll mention a couple things real quick that hopefully Ingram is going to overcome. Number one, I just feel that the coaching staff, you know, they asked Ingram to come back on routes. They did a lot of those short stick routes, a lot of comeback routes. That's not Ingram's strength. I mean, I I broke down in the article for Giants Country about how Ingram was a lot better, a, a lot more productive in against zone coverage, uh, finding soft spots in zone, you know, running up the scene, running away from the, the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's in the article, but just you can't have Ingram running back to the ball. It just, it, for whatever the reason, it doesn't work. I don't know if it's just because he's afraid he's going to get hit or, 
you know, maybe there's something else there. I don't know what it is, but Ingram is at his best when he is given an opportunity to weave through his zone. Because look, you watch his game and he just doesn't have instincts. You know, he, he doesn't adjust well um, when he's out there in space. You've got to kind of simplify things a little bit for him. And to have him come back and now, oh God, now we've got to figure out, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go straight ahead? I think that's just putting a little too much on him. Just it doesn't play to his strengths. It also doesn't play to his strengths if you're asking this guy to serve as an inline blocker on a run play that goes to his side of the field against a defensive end who outweighs him by 30 or 40 pounds. I never really understood why the coaching staff does that. And I get it. You know, you want to have your players, you know, be versatile. You don't want to, you know, telegraph what you're going to do, what you're not going to do, all because a player can't, you know, or isn't as good at doing something than than he is with other stuff. But, you know, there's got to be a way to to cover that up to where you can get him out there on the field and make it look like he's going to block when, in fact, that play is not going to go to his side of the field. So, you know, the coaches, they've got to get a little bit more creative with Ingram and put him in a better position to make plays. And I just find it kind of amazing that he's, that Evan Ingram has been now with three offensive coordinators, um, he's going on his fourth position coach. You know, let's settle this kid down finally. I mean, the talent is there. He works at it. He, you know, I, I've seen him work at it. He's not a bad kid. He, you know, he studies, he does everything he's supposed to, but it just doesn't get there on the field. And it will get there if they can just settle him down and, and stop expecting him to do all these these exotic things that are just not strengths for his game. Um, all right. The next thing, uh, uh, the next two things actually on this list, and you know, hey, we all know what I'm going to say, right? The offensive line and Daniel Jones. Let's start with the offensive line. The Giants brass has been preaching to anybody who asks that they have confidence in the offensive line, that they believe that with a years of experience under their belts, with the new coaching, the offensive line is going to be fine. Well, the Giants need that offensive line to, to deliver. Do I believe it? I think that there's potential there, but I have my doubts and uh, I need to see it. I need to see, especially that right side of the offensive line. How is Will Hernandez going to look playing right guard, you know, after being a career left guard? How is Matt Parrott going to look at right tackle? We're not going to be able to see that until we get to training camp when the pads go on. But we can certainly look at things like technique and, and uh, you know, try to gauge comfort level because they are going to go through some drills, hopefully, that will show um, just how far and how comfor- comfortable they look in doing these particular drills. And then I mentioned Daniel Jones, who, you know, is probably the number one thing on my list in terms of uh, pl- things that need to happen for the Giants to uh, have a best case scenario to make it to the playoffs. Daniel Jones, you know, there are no more excuses. I think we can all agree that there are no more excuses for Daniel Jones to to stutter or to fall. That said, you know, again, not all of it's on Jones, but the big thing that I want to see from Daniel Jones this year is a quicker game. 
you know, we, I've had Mark Schofield on the on the program. I've had Tony Rassio be on the program. Both of them, you know, study quarterbacks. They specialize in quarterbacks. I've done my own film work on Daniel Jones. And the number one thing we can all agree on is that in the first two years, Daniel Jones was very deliberate in making his reads, figuring out where he was going to go with the ball, sometimes bird-dogging receivers, which led to interceptions, uh, being a little too quick at times to take off with the ball. This year, we want to see, especially considering that Jones is in the second year of the same offense for the first time in, in quite a number of years, I might add, we want to see Daniel Jones speed things up, you know, take the five-step drop, you know, go through your progressions and boom, get the ball out of your hands. Don't just quick dump it off to, you know, the running back coming out of the backfield or lock in on Sterling Shepard because, you know, Sterling Shepard is going to catch everything you throw to him. Just make faster decisions. And if Daniel Jones can do that, if Daniel Jones can cut down on the mistakes, he's going to play a lot faster. That offense is going to become a juggernaut. And I really think you're going to see um, a, a big 180 degree turn on that offense and, and what it's capable of doing this year versus last year. All right, Giant fans, coming up next, we are going to talk about some developing training camp battles to watch. But first, let me tell you about Credit Karma Money. It's a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Use your Credit Karma Money debit card to become eligible to win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Open your free FDIC-insured account today, and there's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and there are free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. There's no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply. See rules for details. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits. All right, apply. Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena, and we are just going through some various topics on today's show. And up next on this segment, we have training camp battles to watch. Some of these battles you're going to say, no, duh, you're probably already familiar with what some of these battles are going to be. Um, some of these battles, I, I tried to think outside the box on a few of these, and I came up with a list of four in particular that I don't think are really getting written about or talked about as much just yet. So we're going to talk about them on this segment. But first, let me take a moment to tell you about rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto customers online for 20 years. rockauto.com offers an extensive selection of auto and body parts for dozens of auto manufacturers, makes and models, all at competitive prices. Get what you need for your car or truck delivered straight to your door from rockauto.com. And when you visit, make sure you write in locked in their How Did You Hear hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, let's talk about these training camp battles. And again, I tried to think outside the box with some of these. And um, obviously, one that's going to come up is um, Darnay Holmes versus Aaron Robinson for the slot cornerback position. Now, Darnay Holmes wasn't bad last year, but uh, I, I just found it interesting that the Giants added Robinson in the draft, in the third round of the draft, um, to, to kind of mix things up. Now, 
is this a competition per se? I'm not sure that it is. And I, and the reason why I say I don't think it's going to be a competition, just in the true sense of the word, I think what defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is going to do is you're going to see certain positions that there will be almost like a committee approach, and it's going to be based on matchups. So last year, for example, Darnay Holmes played the majority of the snaps in the slot. I don't think you're going to see that this year. I think you're going to see some of uh, Robinson in the slot. I think you're going to see some of maybe Jabril Peppers in the slot, Logan Ryan. You might see uh, Julian Love come down in the slot. You're going to see more of a, you know, of a selection of guys based on situation, matchups, and so forth. And really, you know, just in going back and looking at snap counts for the Giants last year, it's interesting because every position where a guy was predominantly in a certain spot, you know, again, using slot cornerback as a position, as an example, um, the Giants drafted and added. So, you know, there are exceptions, obviously. Like, for example, you're not going to see Blake Martinez rotate on and off the field. He's going to be, a, you know, a steady Eddie. And, but I'm just saying, you know, in some other defensive positions, you're going to see that rotation. I think you're also going to see maybe guys interchange at uh, the other cornerback spot where Adoree Jackson is going to be, especially when Adoree Jackson comes down and plays inside. He's going to probably get some snaps in the slot as well. So that versatility, I think, is going to really give the Giants' defense another layer uh, for opposing offenses to try and figure out. It's going to be fun to watch all that actually come to fruition. All right, another battle that I know is not being talked about, and it's one that I I mentioned actually in my uh, Giant Country review of um, each player's. Right now, I'm up to, as I record this, I'm up to Zach Fulton. He's the next player um, that I have to write up. But anyway, Carter Coughlin versus Tay Crowder for the other inside linebacker position. And, uh, you know, I know they added Reggie Ragland. I guess you can throw him into the mix, too. But I don't know if necessarily, you know, he's on a veteran's uh, salary benefit, which means that if these younger guys step up, it won't cost him a whole lot to get rid of him. But that said, I, I wonder if Carter Coughlin, who last year played a little bit more on the outside, now he's going to move back inside. You know, at the last OTA, Carter Coughlin was working primarily on the inside, uh, more so than on the outside, where, you know, the Giants beefed up the the amount of players they brought in for the edge. So, Tate Crowder, you know, I thought for the most part, Tate Crowder in coverage was pretty good. He was he was very athletic. He was actually very surprising considering he was Mr. Irrelevant. You really don't expect that much from Mr. Irrelevant as a rookie, you know, and, and Tate Crowder came in and basically settled down that position. Um, wasn't quite the same after he had his injury that landed on landed him on IR. But, you know, that that's all water under the bridge right now. So that's going to be one of the battles I think are, that's taking shape that is that second inside linebacker spot alongside of Blake Martinez. Now I mentioned the edge. Um, I think Lorenzo Carter is pretty much, you know, I would say if I had a pencil in Lorenzo Carter as the starting strong side linebacker, I would probably use a, a, a heavy pencil to, to mark that down. On the other side, on the weak side, I think, 
Aziz Ojulari is going to be the favorite to kind of edge out, you know, Ryan Anderson, who, again, I'm not really sure where he fits. I think he's going to be more of a, a rotational guy. I think O'Shane Zimenez, um, who would have been penciled in to be the starter, I think he's going to give up snaps to Ojulari. So, you know, really, I'd be surprised if there's a competition there, but certainly it's it's an unsettled position. Now, let me give you one position that I know is going to have a battle. And um, again, it came up when I was doing um, the player-by-player previews for Giants Country. And that's at punter, Riley Dixon versus Ryan Santoso. Now, Riley Dixon last year, I think we can all agree his production fell off. But if we look at the reasons why it fell off, Dixon was missing his top two gunners which was a big problem. I mean, the Giants rotated gunners in and out of the lineup and the gunner play just wasn't as good last year as it had been the the previous two years. Um, There was also protection issues. I mean, here's, here's an amazing stat that I uncovered. Dixon finished third on special teams with five special teams tackles. If your punter is making five special teams tackles over the course of a season, that really says a lot about how bad your coverage is because you don't want your punter making tackles. You just don't. And, you know, you throw in the fact that he had a punt blocked. Um, there were a couple of instances where he got hit, I think. He drew a roughing the kicker penalty. Dixon got beat up and the production suffered. It really did. Now, that said, the Giants, like Ryan Santoso, remember uh, at the regular season game, the regular season finale last year, they signed him, they elevated him to keep him, you know, to protect him so that they wouldn't lose him the day after when all the signings were made. And they're going to give him a chance to to compete for a roster spot. Santoso obviously can kick, he can punt, so he's a valuable guy to have. Now, is he a threat to Riley Dixon. That remains to be seen. And I'll tell you what Dixon needs to do in order to hold Santoso off. Dixon has always been good in two areas. Number one, his hang time has always been pretty good. You get enough hang time that gives your your coverage team time to get down the field, get in position, set up their blocks and their schemes and influence the, the punt returner to, you know, to go basically where you want him to go in terms of the coverage scheme. So that's one area that he's been good in. And by the way, the fact that, you know, with the hang time comes the fact that Dixon's punts, not a lot of his punts are returned. I think he finished uh, fourth amongst punters in uh, fewest punts returned last year. I think he had 25 that were returned. Um, most of them were either downed or, or fair caught or just, you know, went out of bounds. So that was, uh, that was a big one. Dixon had 18 fair catches out of 65 punts. And I believe his average uh, hang time, according to Pro Football Focus, was 4.3 seconds. All of those were top 10 marks in in the sample size that I looked at, which was punters who took part in in at least 80% of their team's punt opportunities. The other thing that Dixon is really good at is holding for place kicks. Now, you're probably saying, okay, anybody could probably go in there and do it. You could probably send, you know, a backup quarterback in there to do it. You know, 
but it's so important. I mean, there were times last year when the, the snaps weren't on the money. And Dixon, being a former quarterback, just had those good hands to where you knew that if, if a snap was off target, he was going to corral it and he was going to get it down. And uh, Graham Gano, who, you know, was who showed nerves of steel, wasn't really affected by, you know, some of those those kicks, but uh, or, or those bad snaps rather. But still, that was an important thing because the quicker you can get the ball down, you know, you, you don't want to compromise the timing of the kicks. And Dixon just did such a good job in that area. And it's an underrated but important area of his job. And I don't know what kind of a holder Ryan Santoso is, if he can even hold, you know, for all we know. But um, certainly those are a couple of things that Riley Dixon needs to continue to do well in holding. And, and like I said, the hang time. And uh, I think if he can do that and do that at a high enough level, he will give himself an opportunity to hold off Santoso from taking his job. And and I sh- might also add Dixon might be a little vulnerable this year in that his contract, he's in the third year of his contract and counts for nearly $3 million against the salary cap. And oh, by the way, he doesn't have any guaranteed money this year. So if he lost his roster spot, we're looking at a $2.8 million savings with only $125,000 in dead money this year and $125,000 in next year's cap. That's not bad, folks. So, you know, Ryan Santoso, that's a battle to watch. Dixon versus Santoso. And um, could it come down to economics? I suppose it could. But, you know, right now, I would say if I had a guess as to who's going to win that battle, I'll give the edge to Dixon, if for no other reason than because he's got the experience. And you know what? I think I just kind of made a bet with myself there, didn't I? In saying that I think it's going to be Riley Dixon. So speaking of bets, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Use our special promo code Locked On to sign up for an account and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions Apply. That's code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, in this segment, the most important giant in 2021. Where do we begin? Seriously, I mean, there are so many options here to choose from. Is it Daniel Jones? Is it Saquon Barkley? Is it Kenny Galladay? Kadarius Tony, do we go with a unit and say it's the offensive line? Do we go with somebody on defense? Boy, I tell you what, if you were to ask me, and I guess I'm kind of asking myself here since I'm talking about it here, who is the most important New York Giant in 2021? That's a tough one. But I'm going to attempt to answer it. And what I'm also going to ask is I'm going to put the contact information in the show description notes. I want to hear from you guys and gals who you think the most important New York Giant is in 2021. It can be a rookie. It could be a veteran. Um, if you want to go with a unit like the offensive line, I suppose that's fine. But um, let's try and, and, and hone in on one person, one member of the team who, if you know something were to go astray, 
things would just totally go out the window. The easy choice, the obvious choice is quarterback Daniel Jones, because, you know, the the defense, remember, this is a defense that last year, despite not having a number two cornerback, despite not having a solid pass rush, the Giants defense finished in the top 15 or higher in just about every major statistical category. And that was, you know, a big part of that was Patrick Graham and his creativity and getting guys in the right position and just doing, working the magic that he worked. So I just think it goes without saying that offense is where we've got to look for the most important player. And, you know, it all comes down to Daniel Jones. And, you know, this this isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody, I'm sure. But here's the thing. If Daniel Jones doesn't step up in year three and justify the the confidence and the quote unquote love that Dave Gettleman has shown him, that Joe Judge has shown him, that the coaching staff has shown him, this team is looking at having to start all over, potentially start all over again next year. Do we really want to see that, guys? I know I don't. That's why the pressure is really on Daniel Jones this year to step up. That's why such a a, a strong effort was made to make sure that this kid has everything he needs possible to succeed. Now, obviously you can't you cannot plan for injuries and, you know, miscues and stuff like that. You know, injuries are going to happen, I get it, but, you know, you just don't want to have something that's a built-in excuse, preferably, you know, especially I should say at the start of the season where if God forbid somebody goes down in training camp or the preseason and now, oh, hey, Daniel Jones is going to have a built-in excuse. I personally think Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback. Is he going to be a top five quarterback? I I need to see it. I, I think, you know, he's working towards that. Um, but will he be in the same league as, you know, like a Drew Brees was or, you know, a, a Tom Brady is? Uh, we got a long way to go before we have that conversation. But so what's realistic to expect from Daniel Jones? Top 10? I think that could be doable, certainly. I mean, certainly you want to see him get in the top half of the league in starting quarterbacks. You don't want to see him languishing in the bottom. You know, you'd like to start off in the division here, you know, where it's interesting, if you were to rank the divisional quarterbacks in the NFC East, I think you would probably put Daniel third, I would say, you know, maybe I think you'd have to put Dak Prescott first, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think you'd have to put second because of his experience, Daniel, I would put third, and Jalen Hurts, because he's, you know, he hasn't gone through a full year as a starter, I'd put him last. I'd like to see by the end of the um, 2021 season, Daniel jump to the top of the heap. And I think he can. I really do. Um, you know, a lot of people are all set to crack, to, to crown Dak Prescott as, as the best in the NFC East. And Dak's a very good quarterback. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, but he's coming back off of a significant ankle injury and Oh, by the way, how's his mobility going to be? You know, all the, you know, his escapability, all the things that he was able to do prior to his injury that made him so special. That's what I need to see, you know, in term, before I, I say, okay, here's the crown for Dak. 
Um, so I'm just going off of preseason rankings right now. And, and I think Daniel is, again, Daniel Jones is probably number three in the pecking order, but I think he has, he has a lot of potential to move up to number one. Now that said, I'm, I mentioned in the first segment that Daniel Jones is one of the things the Giants need to kind of have a best case scenario, speeding up his reads, cutting back on the boneheaded decisions that lead to turnovers. You know, the the one thing I'm concerned about, and I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, as I record this, there's only been one practice open to the media, so it's too soon to say this for sure. I haven't seen happy feet in the pocket and hopefully we won't see happy feet in the pocket because if I start seeing that, then, oh boy, we're going to have, it's going to be a long season ahead. So if I'm picking the most important giant, the guy that has to absolutely shine, Daniel Jones is it. Because if he doesn't, again, if he doesn't step up, despite all the resources that were poured into the offense and assuming that the resources are healthy, the Giants are probably going to be looking at starting from scratch at quarterback. And we don't want that because again, Saquon's contract is coming up. You know, you've got other rookie contracts that are eventually going to have to be done. You you just, you want to at some point be able to build and move forward with the young talent you have. And if you have to start all over, oh gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Because quite frankly, it's it's just not a pleasant thought. So, but fingers crossed. I think Daniel's on the right track. Um, I like how they have shuffled around the coaching staff to to get a little bit more creativity on ter- in terms of the offensive game plan. And you just kind of see Daniel, you know, at least in his his Zoom calls, you you see a quiet confidence that's kind of reassuring. But he just needs to put it all together on the field. All this preseason stuff, the spring football stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because as I as I mentioned in one of my previews, um, th- right now this is all like preparatory work for the main test that's coming up. And now's the time to make your mistakes and to, to trip and, and have your, you know, things that you want to work on. Because when the curtain rises on the 2021 season, you want to be at full strength, you want to be ready to go. You want to be as polished as you can possibly be. All right, Giant fans, so make sure you check out our show notes because I'd like to hear from you who you think the most important New York Giant is in 2021. And uh, also be sure to check out the Daily Lock on Today podcast hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, which features every major sporting news that event and highlight that you need to hear in under 20 minutes. Locked on today podcast is available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. Tune in tomorrow. Again, the Giants have their uh, next OTA, which is open to the media. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, try and get a show out early enough so that you can, you know, you don't have to wait until Monday to hear about OTA observations and news and whatnot. So I will try and get that out and to you in the afternoon on Friday. So until then, folks, have a great one. We'll talk soon.